KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. A year ago, for this podcast, I found myself in a place I would never have expected to be. Inside a VFW post in North Philadelphia, listening to war stories from a group of Vietnam vets and the brother of a soldier who didn't make it home. I've never had much connection to the military, never even come close to understanding what it's like to be in a war or to watch someone you love go off to fight. But these men and their stories really touched my heart. It was a perspective I could never have seen from a history book, and it made me think a little differently. So as we're coming up on another Veterans Day, I want to share that perspective again and revisit our episode on Michael Crescens, a man whose life, which ended 55 years ago, still means so much to the people and the country he loved. It was known as the Fortress in the Clouds, a jagged set of peaks called Nui Cham Mountain, so tall that on a clear night, it was possible to see the South China Sea 35 miles to the east. The mountain was tucked away in the northwestern corner of South Vietnam, not far from the borders with North Vietnam and Laos to the west, making it an all-important crossroads for communists looking to resupply their forces below the demilitarized zone separating the two warring nations. This is the setting of our story. It's also the opening passage of a book called No Greater Love, the story of Michael Crescens, Philadelphia's only Medal of Honor recipient of the Vietnam War. You know, his buddies from Philly growing up all recognized that that was the guy they knew. This was the guy who stood up, wouldn't tolerate bullying of other people. He was always protecting his friends or his younger brothers. Just a stand-up, well-loved guy and um, sacrificed his life to save other people. This is the sacrifice of Philadelphians from that war. <laughs> That's why these guys did what they did to honor Michael and all the other men that never came out. This is the John Cast. I'm Sabrina Boyd Circa, and this week we're going to hear the story of a Philadelphian and American hero. A story that belongs to one man, Michael Crescens, and his family and loved ones, but also to a generation of people who served our country, whose own stories have been lost. We can never fully understand their experience if we didn't live through it. But today, we'll try to get just a little bit closer. Michael grew up in the West Oak Lane neighborhood of Philadelphia. He went to Cardinal Doherty High School in the 1960s. He lived with his parents and five brothers, six boys in one house. Growing up with those older brothers, Charlie and Mike, you had to compete. That's Joe Crescens, one of Michael's younger brothers. I met up with him at the VFW in Lawndale, up in northeast Philadelphia, post 2819, which a few years back was named in Michael's honor. Joe was right in the middle of the brothers. The oldest was Charlie, then Mike, then Peter, then Joe. Those guys were such stellar athletes, but they were so competitive with one another. The brawls would happen, believe me. You know, Charlie was uh, one of these kangaroo kind of Despite those brawls with his brothers, Michael was protective. He stood up against bullies, and he was always looking out for others. His friends describe him as a good-hearted, fun-loving guy with a huge smile. The military ran in the Crescens family. Four of the six boys served. 
that's the family we grew up with. You know, dad was in old World War II in the Army. Our grandfather served one Army, one uh, Marine in uh, World War One. Many uncles, World War Two, Korea. You know, you served uh, your, your God, your country, and you, and you love your family. So it's how we grew up. Joe was one of the two brothers who didn't join the military. He wanted to, but his mother would not have it. I told mom at the dinner table that night that, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be heading on down to the recruiter office. And when she said, over my dead body, she <laughs> says, three already have done it. You're not doing it. After losing Michael, it's no wonder she didn't want more of her sons taking that risk. Mike signed up about almost a month after he turned uh, 19. So that was 68, February 68. Michael did his training, Fort Bragg Boot Camp, then Fort Ord in California and Fort Benning in Georgia for more advanced infantry training. Then he was shipped out to Vietnam. Before he left, he got to go home for a little while to see his family and friends. When mom and pop had a um, going away party for him, they did a combo. Our oldest brother, Charlie, just came home from his 13-month tour as a Marine. There, our house was packed. Uh, the yard was overflowing. I mean, there were people from all over. And then Michael, the last time I saw him alive was actually that reunion. During that party, mom, I don't, mothers know. She looked him in the eyes and she said, don't be a hero. She knew, she had a premonition. Yep. I found out later that she said she dreamt that he wasn't coming home. About two months after Michael was deployed to Vietnam, he was stationed at Nui Chom Mountain. That spot described in the opening of the book No Greater Love, the fortress in the clouds. That's one translation of what Nui Chom means. That book was written by John A. Siegfried and Kevin Ferris, based on accounts from Michael's family, friends, and people who served with him. William Stafford, nicknamed Doc, was an army medic, and he was right next to Michael in the battle at Nui Chom Mountain. Kevin Ferris told me what Doc saw that day. It was a seven-day battle, and I think this was day three or four when Michael's unit and other units were going up different parts of the mountain. So very early in the morning, Michael's unit was going up and they were ambushed. They were not aware that there were about 250 machine gun bunkers set up all over that mountain. And so these guys just walked right into it. A couple of guys went down right away. Doc Stafford ran ahead to take care of some of the wounded. But essentially the unit was pinned down and couldn't fire back because they were under fire from all these machine gun bunkers. So at a certain point, and of course, no one really knows why or how or what happened, Michael picked up an M60 machine gun, which was not his weapon. He wasn't a machine gunner and charged, started charging the bunkers, which were about 100 meters away. And he took out one, went after a second one, took out that one, went after a third one, took out that one. And at about that time, he was up where Doc Stafford was. And he said, don't worry, Doc, I got this. There was some firing from a fourth bunker. Michael turned to that bunker to, um, again, charge that one. And then he was mortally wounded from fire from that bunker. 
A few days later, U.S. forces took Nuichang Mountain. Michael's actions gave his fellow soldiers enough time to regroup. If he hadn't picked up that machine gun, they might have lost right then and there, and many more people wouldn't have made it home. Doc Stafford says in the book, and he'll tell you that, you know, he got to have a life because of what Michael did that day. And other people will say the same thing. Back home at the Crescent's house, when a soldier showed up with the news, 12-year-old Joe was the one who answered the door. It was a Saturday morning. It was very early, seven, low after seven o'clock in the morning. And uh, my dad was upstairs in the bathroom. He was shaving, heard a knock on the door. And uh, when I opened up the door, there's this young man pressed out in his, uh, they call him Class A uniform, pressed to the nines, Army. And he says, uh, is this the Crescent's residence? And I said, yes, sir, it is. He says, is your mother and father home? I said, yes, sir. And then you hear my father yelping down the steps, who the hell is at the door this time of morning? I'm yelling upstairs, yo, dad, it's a guy from the army. Well, you heard the frying pan drop. Mom was in the kitchen. Boom, you heard that cast iron skillet dropping on the floor. Mom knew. She knew exactly what it was. Pop come running down, half shaved, you know, he's got this, you know, uh, whatever the shaving cream <laughs> He says, what do you want? You know, and the young man says, Mr. and Mrs. Crescens, I need to speak to you. And that's when my pop sent me into the other room. And here upstairs, my brother, uh, Charlie, he was staying up in the front bedroom with me. And uh, Charlie must have heard the commotion. And uh, from what I remember, he came down to calm down my pop. Mm. And uh, that was the news that, you know, Michael was killed in action. Joe says that after that, everything was a blur for a little while. Michael was buried in Holy Sepulchre Cemetery in Cheltenham. A lot of his friends couldn't make it to the funeral because they were serving overseas. But they'll never forget the good-hearted guy who was always looking out for others, as they told Kevin. You know, his buddies from Philly growing up all recognized that that was the guy they knew. This was the guy who stood up, wouldn't tolerate bullying of other people, he was always protecting his friends or his younger brothers. Just a stand-up, well-loved guy and um, sacrificed his life to save other people. To Michael's friends and family, it was clear that he was a hero. When we come back, we'll hear how the Crescens family and a group of veterans in Philadelphia made sure that Michael's legacy would be remembered and why Michael came to represent so many others who never came home from war. Welcome back to the Johncast. I'm Sabrina Boyd Circa. Michael Crescens gave his life to save his fellow soldiers in Vietnam in 1968. He was awarded a posthumous Medal of Honor in 1970, and in 2008, his body was moved from Holy Sepulchre Cemetery in Cheltenham, Pennsylvania, to Arlington National Cemetery. In 2022, a new book called No Greater Love is the latest tribute to Michael. The title is paraphrased from the Bible. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Love often involves sacrifice. What will we do for the people that we love? And in Michael's case, it's the people that he served with and loved that he was willing to give up his life so they could go on to have, um, you know, long, happy lives. 
Kevin Ferris, one of the co-authors of No Greater Love, has been thinking a lot about Michael's sacrifice in his own life lately. I thought about him when I went to a Phillies game this summer. You know, he wasn't, he's not that much older than me. Mm. And he could have, you know, I was sitting there with my wife and my son and his girlfriend and not that old. He could still be there now going to a Phillies game with his kids and his grandkids. So a lot of things he didn't get to see because he, um, because of the sacrifice he made. Despite that sacrifice, it wasn't until pretty recently that Michael had anything named in his honor, even in his hometown. Around 2014 or so, a group of Vietnam veterans set out to change that. One of them was Tom Ryan. They had a book about Medal of Honor recipients. We're going through it and going through it, and there's Michael, and there was nothing named after him. Everyone I looked at, they had a library, a street, a park, they had two or three things. I said, we ought to check, we ought to name this place after him. This place was the VFW, where I met Michael's brother, Joe. Tom was there when I visited, along with the VFW post commander, Frank DeFranco. I guess we got tired of reading articles about a Rocky statue moving it here and moving it there. We say, you know, well, that's, you know, you got Rocky statue, but yet you have the only Vietnam veteran awarded the Medal of Honor, and there is nothing in this city. So they did exactly what Tom suggested. They renamed the VFW in Michael's honor. When they held the dedication ceremony, Michael's friends came back from far and wide. Joe said a lot of the guys who couldn't make it to Michael's funeral got a chance to honor him at the VFW. Yeah, because some of the men that came, I haven't seen since I was a little kid, guys that grew up with Michael. I was shocked to see some of these, old we call them the old heads, that came out of the woodwork. Some of these guys that, that played stickball with Mike and Charlie when they were young teenagers out of middle school, early high school. There were a lot of folks who came together to get Michael's name put up all over the city. I didn't get a chance to speak with all of them, but I did want to mention Tom Roberts because everyone I talked to said that he was one of Michael's biggest advocates. In 2015, the VA hospital was named after Michael. And in 2016, they put up a statue of him at Philadelphia's Vietnam Veterans Memorial. There's even a street named after him in front of the VFW. Michael certainly deserves all the honors he's received. But there were a lot of other people who sacrificed their lives in Vietnam, too. Is it surprising to you guys that Michael was the only person from Philadelphia to get a Medal of Honor? Yeah. Or does that seem... Yeah, that's, that's, we lost 645 people in, just from this, this area. The Medal of Honor is the highest award in the military and it's given for acts of valor and bravery that involve the risk of life above and beyond the call of duty. A service member can nominate a comrade, or any citizen can request their congressperson submit a nomination. But of course, you would have to know what the nominee did in battle. These gentlemen that have seen the combat, they'll tell you there's actions that there's no survivors left, and probably... There could be another half dozen out there from this city that could have and should have been mm -hmm. awarded the medal. Yeah. But there were no witnesses. Vietnam shaped a whole generation of people. Think about it. Think of any man you know who's in his late 60s to 80s. Your dad, your grandfather, your friend's uncle. Did he serve in the military? There are decent odds that he did. Because of the draft, or because, like Michael, 
a lot of people at that time, gender aside, felt a duty to serve their country. And that left a huge group of people in that generation with a life-defining shared experience. You have friends, and then you have military friends. And your military friends bond for life. It's pretty hard to comprehend if you didn't live through it. That's why the memorials are so important and teaching younger generations about what happened so that the history lives on in some form, at least. It's also why we need places like the VFW. The VFW is probably noted for veterans of foreign wars. You must have been attached to a foreign war. But we offer sounding blocks. Somebody wants to come in. This is not a bar. People think of VFW as a bar. We're not a bar, okay? We're a canteen. A guy wants to sit down there and have a couple of drinks and look at another guy and say, hey, geez, yeah, I served here. And it's sounding for him. You know, they can both talk about things like that. And a lot of times that, that re- releases a lot of pressure off that individual. Whether or not they actually knew Michael, it seems like the veterans in the area especially Vietnam veterans, have really bonded with Michael's story. They feel a connection to him because he represents what they all went through. I feel fortunate, you know, because I'm a commander of this post named after Michael. You know, I mean, it's it's an honor. You know, it really is. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain what type of honor it is, but and you just feel part of it. It's a family. Yeah. It's like we're talking about Michael's story, but it's really so many people's stories that have all gone through that unfortunate loss. That's what this book, I think, was about. It's the brotherhood of what these men went through. It's a brotherhood. And and for me, it was meeting these older guys. They're now my new brothers, and that's part of the book. That's Mm -hmm. how it was prefaced. I mean, these are my older brothers. It's really heartwarming to see Joe with the guys at the VFW. They have fully taken him in. Even though he didn't serve in the military himself, he's one of them, one of their brothers, because of Michael. At the end of the day, Joe, Frank, and Tom all just want Michael and all the other veterans who are no longer with us to be remembered. We just knew he deserved to be mentioned and remembered. Mm -hmm. You know, that's it. You die and nobody ever talks about you. You're dead. But as long as you talk about your mother, your grandfather, I I feel like they're still here. Hmm. So we just want his story to live on. The Johncast is a production of KYW News Radio Original Podcasts, and it's made in Philadelphia by Tom Rickard, Brian Seltzer, Myron Kaplan, Holly Stevens, Bibiana Correa and me, Sabrina Boyd-Circa. The full title of the book about Michael's life is No Greater Love, the story of Michael Crescens, Philadelphia's only Medal of Honor recipient of the Vietnam War, by John A. Siegfried and Kevin Ferris. You can find it at most major retailers, and we'll put a link in our show notes. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, make sure you follow us on Twitter, at TheJohnCast, and on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts so you can get every new episode. We'll be back with another story next week.